Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. One of the most popular stories in the Old Testament, and frequently the topic of children's Sunday school lessons, is the story of Jonah and the great fish. Well, in case you've forgotten the story, let me remind you by reading a few verses from the book of Jonah. Now the word of Jehovah came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of Jehovah. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare for it and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of Jehovah. But Jehovah hurled a great wind toward the sea, and there was a great tempest on the sea, and the ship seemed to be about to break up. Then the mariners became afraid. And each one called out to his God, and they cast out the equipment that was on the ship into the sea to lighten themselves of it. But Jonah had gone down into the innermost part of the vessel, and lain down and fallen fast asleep. So the ship captain approached him and said to him, How can you be fast at sleep? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps God will give thought to us, and we will not perish. And each man said to his companion, Come. Let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this misfortune has befallen us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this misfortune befallen us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear Jehovah, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. And the men became greatly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew he was fleeing from the presence of Jehovah because he had told them so. And they said to him, What shall we do with you that the sea may be quiet for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Then he said to them, Lift me up and cast me into the sea, and the sea will be quiet for you. For I know it is on my account that this great tempest has come upon you. And they cried out to Jehovah and said, O Jehovah, let us not perish, we pray, for this man's life, and do not put innocent blood upon us, for you, Jehovah, have done as you pleased. And they lifted Jonah up and cast him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. And the men were greatly afraid of Jehovah, and they offered a sacrifice to Jehovah and vowed vows. And Jehovah prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Well, we pick up the story uh, with, I think, uh, a very well-qualified helper today. Francis Ball is with us. Francis, the story of Jonah, I'm sure you've uh, heard it hundreds of times. You've probably uh, taught it to Sunday school kids yourself in years past and maybe uh, used it to preach the gospel. We really get a good view of it today, don't we, in this program? I think we get a more accurate view than I had ever had before. Francis, let's talk for a moment about... What caused Jonah to want to flee 
from the presence of Jehovah to begin with. It brought this whole thing about. Uh, now, the Lord had come to him and told him to go to Nineveh. Of course, Nineveh was a great and corrupt, evil Gentile city, probably idolatrous city. And uh, Jehovah was speaking to Jonah as a prophet out of his judgment on Nineveh, and that was his instruction. But uh, Jonah realized something else was probably about to happen, didn't he? He certainly was aware that this was God speaking, and he realized that he was at fault trying to escape by not going to Nineveh as God had told him. But uh, for that reason, he was in a pretty serious situation, knowing that he was the cause of this great storm that's come on these sailors. So he's giving them the advice of what they should do with him. And I think that advice was quite meaningful. But there was something in Jonah that would not let go of his relationship with the Hebrew religion. Uh-huh. And while they worshipped the true God, they certainly didn't want any of the blessings going to other people, especially to places like Nineveh, where he was going to tell the people there they were going to all be destroyed, that God was going to judge them. And he was going with that message. So we've got Jonah being a Hebrew recipient of all of the blessings. And as you said, at that time, the blessings basically were reserved for God's people, Israel, the Hebrews. And uh, the Lord comes to him, tells him to go and speak to this evil city, a word of judgment. But in Jonah's heart, he realized there, in addition to being full of righteous judgment, this was also a compassionate God and the possibility existed that uh, the Lord was going to make a way for Nineveh to escape. And that was something he just, as you said, couldn't agree with. So he fled from God's presence, thinking this would be the uh, easiest way out. But it turns out uh, that the path that uh, was before him was anything but easy. He was on his way to uh, carry out a mission that was given to him as a prophet, but he didn't take the the stand as an obedient prophet so much. So he was really trying to escape having to fulfill this mission Hmm. and bring a blessing to such an evil place as Nineveh. Yeah, we find ourselves trying to escape from time to time from our uh, spiritual responsibilities, don't we? All right, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion. Now, after Hosea, Joel, Amos, and Obadiah, we come to a particular book, Judah. It seems Judah, among the minor prophets stands alone because he doesn't go along with others. Jonah is different. God wanted to judge Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. Yet God also wanted to extend his salvation of love to this evil gentle city. So, God came to give a commission to Jonah, charging him to go to Nineveh. But this prophet, he did not agree with God. I don't like to go to waste my time. (laughs) You like to uh, try to punish, and you like to send me on commission, later on you'll change. So I don't believe you will judge Nineveh. I don't like to argue with you. I don't like to contend with you. I cannot defeat you. So the best way for me to run away. <laughs> I flee away not only from your commission, but from your presence. I like to get away to Tarsus. So she went. So after Jonah got out of the way, 
in the ship, then there is a storm reserved by God. While the storm was going on, all the crew of the ship, they got bothered. Yet, Jonah was taking a good time to rest by sleeping. Then, you know the story, they woke him up and asked him, who are you? What kind of stranger you are? Then they found out who was he. Right. And they caused a lot. Even God's sovereign made the lot to go to Jonah. So he couldn't pretend anything. So he got caught. And he was honest, right? So Jonah indicated that he should bear the burden, bear the responsibility. But to save you all, the best way is to cast me into the sea. And they did. Very strange, he was cast into the sea, but in the sea there is a tomb. And that tomb is a living tomb. A big fish received him. Don't you believe this is all under God's sovereignty? So he prayed. And God thought, uh-huh, Jonah, now you are going along with me. So I'll release you from the tomb, from the stomach of the great fish. Then God commanded that fish to vomit him out. He got out. And then uh, he got subdued. So this time he would go along with uh, God to take God's commission. God said, okay, go to Nineveh. And he went. He shouted, he declared, telling people after four days, Nineveh will be finished. You all have to repent. Then the people with their kings, they all repented to God. Francis, very interesting to me. I assume from Jonah's attitude here that he must have been quite a righteous uh, person. And of course, being a Hebrew, uh, select and elect of God and entitled to all the benefits. And he was eager to go as long as uh, the job was to, you know, speak this word of judgment and to then have Jehovah follow through and consume them all and destroy the city. He was happy about that part. But at the prospect that these people would take his word to heart and have a, a change in their heart and repent and turn to Jehovah, a compassionate God, this troubled Jonah a lot. So this uh, gives us a kind of a window into uh, how our sort of self-righteous, uh, religious, uh, natural way of things often doesn't match God's heart. I think his Hebrew background was a big factor in this whole story. Yeah. Because not only did he need to know that he was a righteous God, and that he had dealt with the children of Israel righteously, and that uh, he had loved Israel, and he was over uh, overcome, I would say, with the fact that God was a passionate, compassionate God and a God of love as well as a God of law. So he was afraid that maybe he would go there and God would not destroy them, as he said. So he was going to be taking a false message to them and he didn't relish going to deliver them yeah. from their judgment, but he was going to announce to them that God is going to judge them, and then it may turn that God doesn't judge them. Then what will I do? <laughs> so uh, I think it was a real disturbance in Jonah on this trip. Besides spending at three days and three nights in the whale in the belly of that great fish and all the experiences he went through with all these co-travelers, questioning who he was and what's the purpose of all this. This was really a perturbing situation with Jonah. You know, um, 
in our situation today, we live in this, uh, I mean, all around us is Nineveh. It's a very dark age. There's sin of all manner and all kinds of unmentionable manifestations of sin everywhere. And as believers, of course, this is disturbing and distressing to us. But it strikes me many times, Francis, uh, as Christians, we get more caught up preaching morality, preaching a kind of an external righteousness to people who are surely sinful, but they're sinful because they don't have God's life. Uh, They don't have any option but to be sinful. And really, it seems to me we ought to be preaching another gospel to them before we get to the morality part. Of course, we're for morality. But, you know, here was Jonah who was very self-righteous and I think probably comparing himself to the people of Nineveh and just didn't want any part of a, a way that God was going to extend his salvation. We'll see that in the coming sections. Right, because he sincerely believed, I'm sure, that being a Hebrew, they had a special ear with the Lord and the special relationship with the God of Israel. Right. So he wasn't willing to share that part with these wicked Gentile nation. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee, pick up the story, because uh, it gets more interesting now, I think, as it goes on. Jonah was absolutely right. When Jonah declared that word from God, he hated to see that God would change mind, not to destroy Nineveh, and that Nineveh could be saved. The kings took the lead, all the people, even all the cattle, they didn't eat anything. So they got forgiven. Then God changed his mind. God repented from the evils God intended to uh, give them. And the whole city are saved, and Jonah was mad. <laughs> Jonah just cannot tolerate what God is this. He doesn't keep his word. And he charged me to preach, and I did. But he changed mind. I knew this already when I was there. That was the reason I ran away. So he was mad with God. <laughs> Isn't this an interesting story? <laughs> so he would not stay home. He went out of the city, sitting in open air, just being angry there. Then, <laughs> it's very interesting, God came to him. Are you doing well? <laughs> Do you think you do well to be angry with me? You do well? Then he said, I'm doing well. I'd like to die. (laughs) I don't like to live. But God, full of compassion, planted a cast oil tree. He made the tree drop with him one night. Then the morning came, sunshine, scorching again, but the tree shades Jonah. He was happy. So he was happy. Then God said, okay, Jonah, you're happy about the tree. I'll kill the tree. (laughs) The morning came, the sunshine scorching, and the tree dead. No shade. This made Jonah just mad. When he was more than mad, God came in. Jonah, hi. You love this little tree. You don't consider how many children in this city. It's 120,000 children plus the numberless cattle. I'm a God caring for them. 
Why you would not agree with me? Well, this is the story. So even after three days and nights in the stomach of this great fish, and then he gets vomited up on the dry land, and Jehovah comes to him again, sends him on his original mission one more time to the city of Nineveh. He goes and he speaks Jehovah's word of judgment, but the city repents, much to Jonah's uh, chagrin. Yeah. They turn to Jehovah, they turn to God, and God repents of his desire to destroy them, makes a way for them to be saved, and Jonah just is now he's infuriated with God. So he runs out of the city, sits out in the scorching sun waiting to die, and the Lord provides this little shade tree for him that grows up overnight. And then the next night he takes it away, all to bring Jonah uh, to a realization of what is in God's heart as compared to what is in his own. Amazing how the Lord works with us, isn't it, Francis? It is amazing. This whole account is quite amazing and makes Jonah's uh, book, the book of Jonah, quite a unique book in all the minor prophets. Yeah, really. He's different from the, all the others. What a commission to have to take the gospel to all these this wicked city. Now we really relish at that opportunity and go wherever the wicked cities are that we could bring the mm-hmm. gospel of, of Christ's salvation. But with Jonah, it was a different story. He knew the God of righteousness. He knew the God of the Hebrews. But he didn't know the whole heart. He was a little bit questioning if God would really have any love for these wicked city. But he was afraid that he might change his mind about judging them. And sure enough, <laughs> that seems to be what happened. Right. Although, of course, it wasn't a change of mind with the Lord, but it was a change of expectancy with Jonah. So when he came and announced to them that God was going to judge their city and he, unless they repent, so this caused him to realize that God's Word really worked, and he really is a God of love and is, does have compassion on all the sinners. And this is a good picture of the whole world. Right. This city of Nineveh was a sample of all the great cities that are in the world even today, full of wickedness, full of sinful things, and headed for destruction. But the Word is still going out to them if they repent. God will have compassion on them, God will have mercy on them, and he will save them. And in this case, he saves the whole city right. and uh, changes his whole desire or mind about destroying it, and much to the chagrin and uh, disappointment of, <laughs> of our prophet. So this is a different kind of prophet we're dealing with today. And when we see what comes to the Gentiles through this kind of way of the Lord, we realize how great our God is. He died for the whole world. You know, in the Gospels, uh, Francis, in um, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, there were others who had a similar kind of heart, I think, as Jonah, who were challenging uh, the Lord Jesus and asking him to show them a sign, uh, you know, to vindicate or justify his, uh, his ministry. And the Lord told him, uh, but he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And a sign shall not be given to it, except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that marvelous? The real Jonah was going into the real belly of the fish for three days and nights, and afterward his salvation was going to be extended to all the people of the earth. Amen. 
What a wonderful interpretation that the Lord Jesus himself gives us of the story of Jonah. Yes, it's really marvelous to see the whole story, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, what God's compassion is for people. Well, Well, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final segment. What this story indicates, you have to read Matthew 12. One day, the Lord Jesus took all the Pharisees and so forth. The Lord Jesus told them, he would be just like Jonah to enter into the heart of the earth and stay there for three days and three nights like Jonah entered the stomach of that great fish. For what? For the extending of God's salvation from the Jewish people to the Gentiles. By this, you can see God is not only the God of Jews. He is the God of all the nations. Well, the Jews thought they were the unique people of God, and they were the first son of God. They have the privilege to enjoy everything of God firstly. But eventually, the Jews are not the first people to enjoy God in his salvation, but the Gentiles. Jonah, his book, bears one particular point, that is, God is God. He's not only the God of certain people, but he's the God of all the peoples. If you think you are the first people of God, God would let you go to be mad there. Let you be angry. But God still would save the other people. God's economy covers that widely. In God's economy, to extend his salvation is to extend his salvation to all the peoples of the church. Well, Francis, you are right. This book, set in the midst of this cluster of the minor prophets, is quite different. It's unique, isn't it, in its message, and it really opens up to us a vista of how God intends uh, to extend his full salvation to all the people. Yes, I think we all need to learn this lesson that God's salvation is available to all who would repent and call on his name, receive Christ as the Jehovah who died for us on the cross, and realize that his death was for all people, and they could be saved by calling on his name, by believing in him. This is a marvelous gospel message and a real awakening to realize that our little segment of those believers mm-hmm. who have received Christ are not the only people that are under God's blessing. This is extended to all the people. As long as they would call on his name, they could receive his divine life. Yeah, well, Jonah eventually did fulfill his commission, even though reluctantly. But the power of God's word here to turn this 120,000, which was a big city in that time, I'm sure, uh, quite an evil city of renown, and the whole city uh, turns and repents and receives a kind of foretaste of uh, the salvation that Jehovah has for, as you said, anyone who would Repent, believe, and call upon him. Uh-huh. And Francis, it's good I join you in uh, extending that invitation to anybody who may be listening to us today who hasn't yet uh, had the opportunity to receive God's full salvation. Even you may be an evil one in a city like Nineveh, yet if you turn to God, take his salvation, receive him and call on his name, this glorious salvation can also be extended and will be extended to you. 
way better than what I remember from my Sunday school days, uh, Francis. I enjoyed this a lot and uh, always uh, enjoy your presence. Thanks for coming by today. Thank you very much. We uh, invite you, uh, in addition to receiving this salvation that God has brought for all mankind, uh, also to contact us. Uh, we have a toll-free number. We'll give you that now. It's one eight 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 life study 888-543-3788. Of course, we have printed material that, that uh, accompanies these uh, radio broadcasts for you, but we have so many other things that we'd like to talk with you about, and even just to hear your own experience of how you as a former Ninevite have become a, a family member in the household of God. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.